You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Before we head into what can only be described and expected to be, Another fantastic, perfect year here on planet Earth. Crooked presents What a Year. Join Pod Save America's John Favreau, John Lovett, and Tommy Vitor in a lineup of your favorite Crooked hosts, including us, for a night of sketches, audience games, and much more. With your help, we'll be raising money for our No Off Years Fund. Tune in live for the What a Year live stream on Tuesday, December 7th, a date that will live in infamy. At 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, RSVP at crooked.com slash what a year. Warning, this episode contains spoilers for Hawkeye episodes two and three, as well as a lot of informed conjecture about what might happen later on in the season and some discussion of some comics information related to Hawkeye that could possibly give hints about where the series is going. But not a terribly lot of that, but a little of that. So just be warned. And definitely if you haven't seen episode three of Hawkeye, which is fantastic, watch it now before you listen to this. Jason Concepcion, and welcome to X-Ray Vision, the Crooked Podcast, where we dive deep into your favorite shows, movies, comics, and pop culture, and more. In today's episode, we're going to be recapping and talking about episodes two and the excellent third episode of the show, Hawkeye, with our good friend, Cody Ziegler. In the omnibus section, we'll be talking about uh, organized crime in Marvel Comics and the end game, yet another game of Assembly Required. Let's go. Let's start with episode two of Hawkeye, Hide and Seek, directed by Reese Thomas, written by Eliza Clement. It opens right on the heels of episode one. Clint drags Kate mm-hmm. Bishop, who he had recently rescued from the tracksuit mafia and who is wearing his old Ronin costume that is uh, <laughs> evidence in multiple murders across multiple international jurisdictions mm-hmm. uh, into an alley. And he does an unmasking and he immediately says, come on, because he sees before him a nine-year-old girl as he later <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Way too happy to be in the superhero life. Yes. Kate naturally is, you know, a little discombobulated. She has just once again fought a bunch of organized crime figures. She recently mm-hmm. saw the corpse of her mother's fiance's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, the math for, we are that rich, the math of the family becomes very difficult. To yes. Do. <laughs> and now she is meeting her hero, uh, you know, all in the space in a few minutes. She has spent years studying Clint from afar. Now she's like seeing him up close mm-hmm. as they're walking. She's like, oh, are you scanning for threats? And she's like, listen, I'm a black belt at 15. Like, I'm one of the best archers in the world. I'm ready for this. Back mm-hmm. at Kate's three bedroom bunker in the East Village <laughs> or wherever it is, Lower East Side somewhere. Uh, Clint meets the pizza dog and he's like, give me my suit. Kate, you got to give me my suit. Kate, clearly saddened by the prospect of having to give up the suit. Again, not understanding the uh, <laughs> the uh, what it's been through. And she tells him, listen, I got it at this black market auction. A little shady uh, place. Uh, I beat up a bunch of mafia guys. And by the way, you're my favorite (laughs) adventure. She insists, listen, nobody – I. Don't worry about anybody tracking the suit to me. Like, I had the mask up. Nobody I saw got it, me. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. And Clint is like, okay, uh, listen, that's good because, again, this, a lot of people don't like the person wearing the suit. I want to go into it. <laughs> I don't want to go, get into the details, but uh, there's a history there there's a, that there's people a, may not be too stoked about. There's a history. Like, it goes back to the snap. I don't want to talk about it. We're good. And then, of course, the tracksuit mafia show up outside <laughs> and start throwing Molotov cocktails and going, I love the, throw another one. Throw one, bro. Take throw one, out, bro. bro. Come on, bro. Um, 
Clint and Kate fight back. Kate gets to show off her archery skills, which are really good. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. her apartment is now fully engulfed in flames. Kate, Clint, and Lucky, thank God, all escape. They take the subway to the nearest Rite Aid for some Neosporin <laughs> and some Band-Aids. And Kate is like, yo, we're going to Avengers Tower, right? Uh, Tony sold it, unfortunately, Clint yeah. says. But probably before the move to the upstate compound, which honestly – Kate, you should have seen that in the news on like Curved yeah, yeah, yeah. or some like Gothamist or some like uh, yeah. some <laughs> real estate blog. Be, yeah. Something should, somebody should have announced that. They go to a place that uh, Kate knows. Kate's like, I know a place we can go. It is the apartment of her aunt, Moira Brandon. Moira is out of town. Now, FYI, fun Easter egg. Moira Brandon in the Marvel comics is a like a golden age of Hollywood era former actress who ends up selling her compound, her mansion down by like uh, Redondo to the Avengers, to Clint Barton, so that they can use it for uh, the West Coast Avengers compound. So really fun Easter egg. We're heading out west, yeah. baby. And of course, uh, <laughs> Kate in the comics has a history of hanging out in L.A. In L.A., yeah. So Clint is like, take some frozen peas, put it on your wounds. I'm going to go find the suit and I'll be back. He goes back to the apartment, does not find the suit, but he does see a sticker on the <laughs> fire department vehicle outside that says New York City LARPing Club. I don't know how that exactly is a connection. Yeah. But I'm going look, with it. <laughs> yeah, like it's a big win for the LARPing community today. They were eating today. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got to give some love to those NYU LARPers. You know, shout out to my boy Grills. Uh, Clint uh, comes back to Moira's. He is grumpy. He misses his family, et cetera, et cetera. Kate is like, you found a clue. You did. I mm. know it. I can smell it on you. And, Kate, and Clint is like, yeah, yeah, I get all right. No. While he was away, Kate has been working on highly accurate police style sketches of the tracksuit mafia vases, which is a very funny moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she knows she's a triple threat, you yeah. know, karate expert, know. archery, and, and artist. I didn't know she had it like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> Clint Googles New York City LARPing Club with, I mean, we knew the guy was accurate, right? In, yeah. in, the, in Ultimate Marvel, uh, Clinton Barton kills like a bunch of baddies with his fingernails. He pries his fingernails out of his fingers and he flicks them at mm -hmm. guys and kills them like that. Here, he has the most accurate tapping fingers on a phone screen. <laughs> Literally anybody's ever seen in like anywhere in the Yo. world – He's just like conflict, my boy. Don't miss. He's got do it. not miss. There's no backups, no deletes. It's just he ends up right on the Instagram of a gentleman named Grills, who uh, is one of the firefighters. He stole the Ronin suit, and now he's just straight up wearing it, broadcasting to the world that he has a suit. Yep. He'll be at a LARPing event shortly. Clinton Kate uh, watch. A New York One report about Armand's murder, and they discover that the someone wearing the Roman costume is a person of interest in the case. Kate is now a suspect in a murder. <laughs> Clint is increasingly annoyed, and he's like, "Listen, you got to stay put. You're the cops are looking for you. Organized crime wants to mm -hmm. kill you. You got to stay here." Kate learns about Clint's hearing impairment. She asks him about it, and Clint's like, "Listen, <laughs> I've been banged up for a while." Yeah. <laughs> I've been blown up so many times. Like you, you, you got a dealer's choice, honestly. You, you, you don't get it. Like <laughs> I don't, who knows like how this happened and Kate and what is kind of one of the early really chemistry forming moments. I love the Haley mm -hmm. and Renner are wonderful together, but here in a really wonderful chemistry forming moment, Kate is like trying to convince Clint that you need to be more out there. You need to be more of yeah, like yeah, a yeah. front facing hero because people need it right now. Like post snap, <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, shit is, shit is, you know, post COVID, <laughs> you know, people, people need it. Uh, yeah. They split up. Kate goes to her mom's office at Bishop security and Clint goes to get the suit at the, at the LARPing event. And uh, they trade numbers and Clint's like, here's my number. Unless Thanos shows up again, do not <laughs> fucking call me mm -hmm. at all. Kate at Eleanor's office. What does she find? She finds Jack just chilling there. This guy, like, yeah. Evil Paul F. Tompkins in the cut, just yeah, drinking his, drinking his drinks. Yeah. And like, this Eleanor has, this is a work day. Like, Jack, you want to drop off some food, like a <laughs> bouquet of flowers or something? That's nice. But, like, you don't need to hang out here. But he is. Yeah. Kate gives Jack her condolences because, of course, his uncle was recently murdered. Jack, 
it, it's rolling right off his back, man. He is not. Yeah. He's moved on. Yeah, yeah. The only thing sticking that mustache is his, his lack of caring for his uncle. Yeah. Like he's he's chilling. He's he's good with it. He keeps it deep yeah. inside. Uh, yeah. And in fact, he's like uh, seems to be actively trolling Kate. Eleanor invites mm-hmm. Kate to dinner later at the penthouse. Jack is cooking. You got to try his risotto. Kate says, <laughs> "Bet," but yeah. I get to steer the conversation. Okay. Clint goes to the LARP. Long story short, he gets a suit back. He has to take uh, an embarrassing L to grills in person in front of everybody, but he does get the suit. Back at Bishop Security, Kate gets a shocking call from Detective Cottle of the NYPD. I'd like to speak to her. Kate's like, uh, I'll come in the following day, not today. Yeah, I got some uh, stuff on the on the docket today. Yeah, yeah we'll do that. I'll, I'm going to talk to my mom, get our high priced lawyer to come with me. We're not going to do that today. Mm-hmm. Clint uh, tells Laura the first of many calls. Listen, I'm it's I'm, I'm going to be late, and using coded language, which I got to tell you, I think mm-hmm. plays into our theory. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Laura, yeah. has been in that life. Yeah, she's a little bit too cool, too, with it. You know, she uh, she, she knows the lingo a little bit too well. Yeah, knows it a little bit too well. I think we're going to see her swing into action, I think. Uh, And he basically tells her, listen, we're going to – I got to settle things with the tracksuit mafias. And it's clear that he has some experience with them. He's aware of them, has Mm -hmm. tussled with them before perhaps. He says he's not sure how high up this whole thing goes, suggesting a larger criminal figure, a kingpin, if you will, maybe behind (laughs) them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Clint's like, but listen, don't worry. I'm going to be home for Christmas. And Laura's like, what's the play? Which again, mm-hmm. Laura about it. Clint is like, I'm going to do catch and release, which is uh, Nat's favorite Laura notes. <laughs> when we meet mm-hmm. Natasha Romanoff in Marvel's The Avengers, she is in the midst of a catch and release with the uh, the mm-hmm. Russian guys. Uh, so over to Eleanor's. Jack's risotto is apparently wonderful. I'd love to try yeah. it. Do you have a yeah, risotto? I mean, do you have a risotto recipe, Zig? No, but like I, I like his, his his tip of you have to agitate. It's like maybe that's the key. I got to talk some shit to it, you know, embarrass it in front of its parents, and then then it'll be good to eat. <laughs> uh, well, Kate, listen, is again, he loves to agitate. He loves to troll. He mm-hmm. is playing with Kate a lot, and and you know, knows that she knows something, and is playing with the idea that she knows, but is but is having fun with the fact that Eleanor is blissfully unaware of everything. Mm-hmm. Kate is like, "Hey, uh, Jack, you know about swords? You know about uh, uh, riposts? You know about I don't know all the lingo, but like Kate clearly <laughs> does because she is a two time yeah. state champion, as she tells him, mm-hmm. and all this ends up with the two of them." sparring they get the fencing gear out they they start going at it and Mm -hmm. jack lets her win numerous times again and again kate's like Uh you're letting me win. stop it i know you're good stop it Mm -hmm. and then uh as he looks away she goes to stab him like in the neck (laughs) (laughs) he's like hold on let me let me let me turn on a little bit it's like when you would play like play basketball with like your uncle who was really really good and he's like i'll let you get a couple of shots but like once you even try to like actually come at me i'm gonna go ahead and break your ankles and embarrass you a little and bit and that's exactly what he, does. he yeah. just goes ping parries it her, <laughs> her blade goes like spinning across the floor and then he straight up is like to be fair i don't play my skill and repeatedly lied about it. Eleanor does not even register this. <laughs> Jack just said, I've been lying yeah. completely throughout the entire dinner. I've been lying. She's, yeah, she's, just, another, she's, another, she's another TV show for, for, for a little bit while he yeah. was saying that. Yeah. She's just like furious at Kate. And I just want to say one thing about this. So Eleanor, played by the wonderful Vera Farmiga, who I love in everything she's ever done. She lost her husband tragically during the Chitari attack, which nobody ever expects. You're sitting at home having a nice day. And, um, <laughs> you don't set this on your bingo set. <laughs> you know, you you do, nobody ever expects that, you know, to go to have <laughs> tragedy occur that way with an invasion of aliens led by a Norse god. And clearly the family was in some sort of economic straits at the time, you know, mm-hmm. that decade plus ago. And she's done an incredible job not just steadying the family finances, but like building on it, uh, Mm -hmm. taking care of her daughter. And she's clearly sacrificed her social life, her personal life to do that. And now this man comes into her life. He's debonair. Maybe she doesn't know a lot about him. A little dangerous. 
you yeah. know, and she's she wants to hold on to it. And so I feel bad for Eleanor in that respect. Kate, you know, is trying to be like, hey, he just admitted he lied. Well, you know, uh, what's <laughs> happening? And again, Eleanor is not hearing it. Eleanor walks away mm-hmm. and Jack is like, can I offer you a monogram butterscotch from the home of <laughs> Armand Duquesne, my recently murdered uncle? <laughs> Rest in peace, Unc. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Underneath his underneath his vest, you see they have like one of those spray paint, you know, rest in peace things you get from like the Stockton market. Later, the tracksuit mafia captured Hawkeye just as he intended. They take him off in in a, in a van, in a moving van. <laughs> Trust a bro, uh, moving yeah. uh, off to their warehouse. Meanwhile, Kate is calling Clint. She's trying to talk to him because she's like, "Listen, it's, my mother's boyfriend is fucked up. You know, I, like he, this guy yeah. is shady as hell." Clint, hello? (laughs) Yeah. So she can't get in touch with him. So what does she do? She commits what is probably a federal crime by hacking into his phone (laughs) and, uh, you know, and a a private cellular network using uh, Mm -hmm. Bishop Tech Security's NSA spyware online portal that is apparently accessible to, like, any employee, like, in the company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, look, her last name's on the end of the, end of the building. Maybe she has some special access. That's true. You know, that, that, that's Bat- true. Batman, Batman had to do it to save Gotham. Like, that's this true. is a real thing. I get yeah. it, yeah. And she tracks him to the warehouse. Meanwhile, the mafia is, they unhood Clint. They're interrogating him. Clint is like, listen, I want to speak to your manager, okay? Uh, you guys don't call the shots. I know that. You're all dressed the same. That's the, the number one uh, hint. I, I, I'd <laughs> like to speak to whoever your boss is so we can clear all this up. They want to know where Kate Bishop is. He's like, who? What? Kate? Kate? Yeah, what? Kate who? Huh? What? What? Who? And then in a moment that is feels very of a piece with the con- with the vibe of the Hawkeye comics, yes. Kate yes. Bishop comes crashing through the skylight <laughs> in a in a torrent of broken glass and lands on the ground. Uh, and in another room, uh, Maya Lopez Echo gets the news that the prisoners are in hand and she begins to plot her next move. Now, on to episode three, Echoes, directed by Bert and Bertie, written by Katie Matheson and Tanner Bean. This episode is straight up, Straight up. Straight up. Straight up faction comic fun. That's exactly what it is. Straight up, like, top-level Marvel television, comics television fun. Like, it's got everything. And heartbreaking origin story. Mm-hmm. incredible like chemistry between two heroes that kind of don't get along, but also are starting yeah. to like each other and like uh-huh. just unbelievable action throughout. So we yeah. open uh, in 2007, a uh, young Maya Lopez is in class. She is deaf and so she is using her already acute, but clearly developing powers of observation to understand mm-hmm. what's going on in class, read her teacher's lips. She's not perfect at it yet, but her schoolwork is just absolutely flawless, nonetheless. Like straight A's. She, mm-hmm. Straight A's. She's, she's a brain. Later, we see Maya and her father, played by the wonderful Zahn McClellan, in her room. They're signing together. It's just really heartwarming. Beautiful touching. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. She's asking her dad, you know, are, are about different animal sounds and are dragons, which sounds that dragons make. Are they real? Uh, seemingly a nod to the recently released Shang-Chi. Uh, Maya asks her dad, hey, like I thought I was you were going to en- enroll me in the deaf school. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I know it's hard. I'm sorry, but this way is better mm-hmm. because you're going to have to learn to jump between two worlds. She's yeah. like, how? You know, just by watching. And we get uh, another scene in a martial arts class where it's clear that Maya's powers of observation are just growing yeah. with, with every day. She easily beats an opponent just by watching him and understanding his tendencies. And we fast forward years again. We see an adult Maya just fucking ironing out a sparring just, partner. <laughs> yeah, just embarrassing everyone. Just hurting films left and right. Just yeah. Stomping him out. Uh, she goes back to uh, her father's uh, auto body shop headquarters. Mm. It is called Fat Man Auto Repair. Uh, hint, hint. And who does she find but the Ronin in the middle of a killing spree? Uh, mm-hmm. She sees the Ronin stab her father through the gut. 
he is mortally wounded. He, he says, he signs to her, fly away from here, little dragon, and then he dies. Uh, this is what, this is what I love about comics for me. Yes. Cody. This yes. is what I love about comics and why I've always connected to it. Because like at its core, superhero comics are about giving meaning to tragedy. You know, people, yes. people are mm-hmm. born differently and that can cause them a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're born with some kind of impairment. Maybe you're mm-hmm. uh, born feeling like you don't look like everybody else. Tragedies mm-hmm. happen to people. You lose people, you know, loved ones get sick, etc. And in the real world, it's like that just happens. You just like have to yeah. process through it and be like, you know, is the world unfair? I guess it is. Like and that really sucks. In comics, all of that serves to create a reason that someone has a power yes yeah yeah it's it's the myth man it's like the classic myth like you know it's like if maya could have flipped the coin and it could land it heads or tails yeah. head she becomes a good person yeah. tails she becomes bad and like this when it happened to land on tails and like you realize that her journey is going to be becoming good maybe i mean or at least an anti-hero yeah. and like that's like that's the just like the classic power that you can comics and they fucking perfectly nailed that they it's cold open. nailed it i mean that's the stuff that just gets me you know like yeah so we go to the present day uh we see kate and clint they're on those little like corn operated carnival horse rides <laughs> and the tracksuits are just like making fun of them a wonderful moment in which Enrique uh, asks Kate how to deal with an issue about Imagine Dragons. I bought the Imagine Dragons tickets <laughs> as a gift, you know, as a gift. And then I, we have a fight and my girlfriend say, I take the, this is a gift for me. I take them and I go with the girlfriend. She do this on purpose. And then Kate is like, <laughs> Kate subs, says something. I just love this. Kate says something super simple. Like, why don't you apologize? And Enrique is like, I got to go write this down. Hold on. So. <laughs> that's such like that seems like something ripped straight from i know it's not word for word but it's like such the vibe of like the faction comics of like these are just like i mean these are like the quote-unquote bad guys but they still have like a little bit of like humanity to them like a fun twist absolutely to is the vibe yeah. they, they've captured the vibe of that stuff like really mm-hmm. really well this is again a great episode maya comes down she notices that Clint has a hearing aid. She, she signs to him and asks him about it. Clint signs that, listen, I, I'm hard of hearing. I'm not deaf. Maya then fires off a full speed flurry of ASL that Clint is just like, mm. what? Uh, more cookie, please. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and with that, Clint's ASL quiver is officially empty. Kazi, <laughs> uh, Maya's translator and right-hand tracksuit mafia person, then asks Clint, here's, okay, she wants to know like why you're here. Maya suggests that Clint, you know, you depend too much on tech. You should actually get rid of that, sharpen your other senses, uh, relaying mm-hmm. the uh, the advice her father gave her once upon a time in a different form. Clint tells Maya that, listen, Kate isn't Ronan. She got the suit. She came across it and she put it on. She doesn't know what it means. Just like, let's just let her go. Okay. And Maya is mm-hmm. like, what, well, I don't know. I've heard that the Ronan is back. This is too, there's too many coincidences going on here. And Clint says, listen, that's just a rumor. Ronan is dead. I was there when he was killed by my best friend, Natasha Romanoff, rest in peace. Now, mm-hmm. we all saw that scene uh, <laughs> in uh, in <laughs> Avengers uh, Endgame, and we know that's not exactly how it went, but that's okay. He's being uh, metaphorical, you know. He's, he's being metaphorical. Listen, yeah. I'm glad to see that. Clint Barton feels really bad about going on an international murder spree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, extrajudicial murders. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the evidentiary rules that he set up for himself were, but he was just yeah. out there. Just anybody in the building was getting <laughs> cut. <laughs> Cleaner getting got. Security it. guard getting got. Yeah. Maya's like, Clint, you're lying. And so she goes to ask Kate, uh, you know, why'd you put on the suit? Where'd you get it? And as Kate is answering, she, you know, Maya just flashes back to the murder of her father and she loses it. She starts choking Kate. And Kazi is like, whoa, 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 you know, can we talk for a second? While they are arguing, Clint settles Kate down and he's like, listen, uh, get ready for what's about to happen. Boom. He, he has sawn <laughs> through his uh, his taped bonds and a big fight happens, which is absolutely wonderful. We get to see them all in action. Clint uses the ball pit for cover at one point and they manage to escape (laughs) the warehouse. They hotwire a car. 
tracksuits in Maya give chase, we get a wonderful reference to uh, the car scene, the kind of like 360 degree one shot take yeah. car scene from Children of Men by Alfonso mm-hmm. Cuaron, one of my favorite movies. We get to see Kate shoot some of the trick arrows, including uh, putty arrow, mm-hmm. explosive arrow, which the detonation of which gives Kate, I believe, her first official kills in the MCU because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only took three episodes, but she got there. She, she got, got a couple it. bodies on her. She yeah. got it. Uh, we also see uh, the USB arrow from uh, from What If. Avengers. Yeah. Love that. And then mm-hmm. the chase makes zero sense geographically, by the way, but we end up uh, on the Williamsburg Bridge where Clint and Kate use a regular arrow plus a PIM arrow to definitively mm-hmm. end the chase. And then with bullets whizzing at them, they dive off the side of the bridge, use a grappling hook, swing onto the top of a train that's running along the lower deck, which is a really cool moment because – we remember Kate's first glimpse of Hawkeye was him diving off the roof during the Chitauri yep. attack. So here she gets to do mm-hmm. it with her hero, which is awesome. Yep. Clint tells Kate, hey, his hearing aid, by the way, gone right now. So he's it's a one-way mm-hmm. conversation to an extent. But he's like, you know, you really are a legit great archer. And Kate is like, holy shit, this yeah. is amazing. We end up back at Moira's East Village Pad. Clint is again using frozen produce to ice his bruises and stuff. And his phone rings. And here we get, like, one of my favorite scenes, I think, in any Marvel thing ever. This was great. Clint gets a call. He thinks it's from Laura. It's actually yeah. from Nathaniel, but he can't hear it. And so he's trying to, like, play it off, like, oh, honey, uh, uh, can you text me? Kate comes up and writes down everything that Nate is saying and, you know, is like, dad, yeah. I'm bored. Mommy's asleep, which is, like, a very <laughs> kid thing to say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, eventually – Clint says, listen, I'm not going to be home for family movie night. And Nate's like, listen, if you can't make it home for Christmas, I, I get it. And Clint's mm-hmm. like, I promise I'm going to be there. Let's pause here for a second. You see him breaking apart. You see him imploding I, that, I, I teared up. I honestly did yeah. tear up because Renner does it all on his face right here. And it is. And yeah. even Kate, you can see great stuff from Haley Steinfeld. Hmm. Kate, you can tell, feels like, fuck, I fucked this guy's life up, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you here, because I'm getting these vibes like, man, are they going to kill Clint Barton? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like... It's a lot of, I'm going to be there. I'm yeah, going to... Yeah, I'm, tell- I'm coming home for... I'm going to do it. I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it may be one of those things where if they... I don't think they straight up kill him but maybe i don't know but I, I think no i think what will happen is like we will see a first official like passing of the like right. mantle like we sort of when I mean, you got it the implied it with uh with you know cap doing it in endgame but like this is like he's in his prime like he has his kids i think this is like his last rodeo he's right. like you know what I, I went out i helped this lady like she's capable of being here and like she has my number if she needs to kill yeah. me but like don't call me like you said unless yeah. then those sons is popping up <laughs> and doing this shit. i could see him getting so because you know him getting banged up is kind of part of the deal and part of the character i could see him getting so injured that he's just like i can't Mm -hmm. do it anymore maybe that's how they do it um we go to the tracksuit warehouse uh trust a bro the fleet of (laughs) trust a bro vans are out there cassie pulls Mm -hmm. maya aside he's like listen are you maybe like holding on a little too tight their own thing you know we should be keeping a low profile Mm -hmm. not banging on the streets if the uncle finds out if our (laughs) boss uncle who listen there's a lot of uh theorizing that it's kingpin i don't know how uh, that's that's a mean looking hand that's a big looking hand hand. (laughs) it was a big looking suit it was very similar to the suit d'onofrio wears in the in the netflix series i it's him i'm just i will be shocked if it's not him anyway uh maya's like you would not question my father right like this right and Mm -hmm. you know honestly she is right and that conversation just gets fucking shut down and then she's like tracksuit guys you guys are absolute fucking morons okay but i want you to investigate clint barton by hook or by crook like you guys can't yeah. even figure out like what to do with imagine dragon tickets i don't care i want you to investigate a former shield agent in chinatown kate and clint uh, go to get his hearing aid fixed later they grab lunch where kate is just buzzing on adrenaline because they're having adventures and she's getting to do this with a hero and clint is like i turned my shit off i'm not hearing you literally i'm <laughs> i'm gonna turn my shit on now so i can order coffee yeah uh mm-hmm. kate tells clint i've always wanted to be a superhero this is amazing that, I, that we're doing i'm doing it and then another just wonderful small scene between these these two actors clint is like listen there's there's a price there's a price you have to pay it's not just that mm-hmm. my hearing is impaired unspoken is 
all the time spent alone with my family. The kind of like mm-hmm. soul cost of the fact that I've killed so many people, watching Nat yeah. die in front of me, all of that. Uh, Kate is like, okay, Boomer, whatever, check this out. I'm going to draw <laughs> you a new costume. And then she draws him a costume, which is basically Don Hex. OG Hawkeye design yeah. from the 60s was super cool. Clint's like, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> I won't wear a mask. I'm not wearing that. My wife would leave me yeah. the whole thing. The whole point uh, is being in the shadows and no one sees me. Yeah. Yes. And Kate is like, well, uh, you know, the way you're protecting Ronan, you must know who it is. That's got to be somebody close to you. Clint doesn't answer. But he does tell Kate that, listen, I'm not a role model. I'm not a hero. Uh, Kate doesn't get it. She's not, she's not seen the body count again. <laughs> Later on, uh, Clint begrudgingly tells Kate some very, very extremely basic info on the tracksuits. They were once a small gang, and now they're bigger, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for helping me out, Kate. Thank All you. Right. Right. Uh, and that the boss at the top will do anything to grow the operation. Uh-huh. Mm. Ronan, Clint says, hit a supplier of the tracksuits and then hit tracksuit management uh, in what we assume is, we'll talk about if that's the case, that in the conversation that follows this and it's assumed that kills Maya's dad. It, that mm-hmm. was the, what he's talking about is the attack that we saw at the beginning of this episode in the cab ride back. Clint wonders uh, what else the track suits were after not knowing of course about the watch, which we saw uh, in a previous episode. They break into Kate's mom's penthouse to get into the Bishop security mainframe, find some info about the track suits. They discover that Kazi has links to a company called Sloan LTD. There's also a really cool Easter egg, more daredevil stuff. There's a really cool Easter egg. One of the names in that database is M Kemp, which is probably Michael Kemp, who is a, mm-hmm. a character from Daredevil season three, where Matt Murdock breaks into Rikers to talk to this low-level uh, Albanian gangster. And mm-hmm. it's episode four. And if you haven't caught up with Daredevil, maybe, you know, and you want to see something incredible, episode four of season three of Daredevil has a mm-hmm. one-take action scene in which Matt Murdock escapes from Rikers. And it's mm-hmm. legitimately one of the great action scenes of the last five years, movies, television, whatever. It's yeah. nuts. So cool Easter egg there. Then Kate is, you know, continues to hack, but then she gets locked out of the system and Clint is just like marveling at the riches of the Kate Bishop uh, penthouse. He's walking around looking at it. And next thing you know, he finds a sword at his neck. It is his own Ronin sword held by one Jack Duquesne, who I can only suspect next episode will open the episode by saying, Clint? (laughs) <laughs> my boy yeah Spoiler. my old protege my protege <laughs> yeah um okay so critics and the viewers love it 92 percent uh, positive on rotten tomatoes by critics 80 percent says the audience uh here is mike hale at the new york times seinfeld and renner are good foils for each other as bishop pushes barton to relax and he tends to act like her fussy aunt he really is a boomer in this <laughs> uh positive reviews positive reviews let's mm-hmm. go on to uh the theories and what's going on here you like to watch new stuff right Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. We're stepping out of the airlock and into a, a wonderfully upkept 1970 Dodge Challenger to discuss Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Zig, what did you think of these episodes? 
And man, is uh, it the kingpin? Uh, is it the kingpin? I think starting off, the episodes are great. I, I love them across the board. Uh, number three was, episode three was definitely my like, fuck, this show is good. Like I, I was telling yeah, Jason before, before we recorded that I almost texted him like, damn, I can't believe I actually care about Clint Martin because I've never, it's sort of like how the faction <laughs> comics, like I never gave particularly much of a shit about Hawkeye yeah. or Clint Martin, but like that comic made me care like this episode three made me care uh it's great i i that's got to be the kingpin i was like who else who else has a thick that thick of a suit and that thick of a hand you know walking <laughs> around working with like some some vaguely albanian dudes like uh, I'm, I'm fingers crossed like i hope it, I, my heart of hearts wanted to be the kingpin man yeah same here i i, I love this episode for all the reasons that we, I, I said above i think they're doing something Really kind of magical with mm-hmm. with uh, Hawkeye, with Clint Barton mm-hmm. in that. One, they are acknowledging that he killed a lot of people and that it was a bad yeah. thing that he did. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't good. And they are acknowledging the toll that the, it, it's mm-hmm. taken on him. But also, to your point, and this is on the heels of an episode in which you saw him murder, like, what seemed like a, a really loving father, yeah. Maya's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're making you care about him. Like, yeah. they they – all these family moments, all the moments with Kate where he – you can feel him against his better judgment, like kind of liking her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But also wanting to be like, man, don't get Don't do this. this. Yeah. It, it really like, – it, it, it really um, it really makes me – this is the thought I always have when I'm reading like a Punisher comic where I'm like, you know, I, I mean, I also have like the, the, the very bad guys who are doing like, you know – sex trafficking yeah. and like actual war criminals yeah but it's like a dude selling drugs he's getting shot in the face because he just happens yeah, to be, be given a bad hand like that's the thought that i had with uh with you know um echo's dad and it brings yeah. me this I, this point i talked about last time but like this is like the first like street level stuff that we've seen and like i like that they're playing it smart and it's not just like this guy robbing a, a car and he needs to get his fucking neck broken like well why is he robbing the car like, <laughs> what, know, right? yeah. <laughs> like what, what are the systematic things that, that are in place that make him have to do that and like this is the first time like we're sort of seeing that like we're seeing like yeah they're they're big bads are just a bunch of like vaguely eastern european dudes in track suits uh they're they're having fun they're pulling out suction cup you know arrows yeah. and, and and putty arrows and like they're hitting people with like you know trick arrows that bring a bunch of like Christmas trees to, to one another. It's like, it's just a fun thing when it's so much more grounded and the stakes are so much lower that you can have this big fun comic bookiness of us all, which I think, you know, we haven't really got that aspect in Marvel yet. When it's like just the street level guys on the ground fighting like low stakes guys. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it, it, again, it is, it just ties into the stuff that I've loved about comics mm-hmm. uh, from an early age, which is like, it, you know, honestly, you take the suit and the powers away and these are like some of the saddest stories (laughs) you know ever like you take spider-man you take the powers away from spider-man and it's like a young man makes a poor decision that leads to his beloved uncle he's already an orphan he's living with his uncle Mm -hmm. and aunt and leads to his uncle getting murdered yeah awful Mm -hmm. you know like it's the same with any you know like harry potter is another great example Mm -hmm. that's just like an abused kid that like his his (laughs) was kept under the stairs by like relatives. Mm-hmm. Like if he never gets a magic letter, his uh, to give all of that meaning, it doesn't change. Maya is someone who watches her dad, like hor- horrifically murdered in front of her. Mm-hmm. And if not for, it's her personal dedication and her like doggedness and talent that mm-hmm. allows that to like alchemize and turn into her having these like amazing abilities. Yeah. That is the kind of stuff, like as a kid, that is the stuff you just like de- daydream about. Yeah, dude, it, it also makes me think like, you know, if this, was the, if this was like just a straight up comic and like not having to like write stuff, like this would be, she would be the, that would be like the first five pages of like the next great Daredevil comic, you know, like she's like, yeah. she's, she very much feels like, you know, this is like if Matt Mardock went down the path, of his dad getting killed by the Kingpin, her, her dad gets killed by the Ronin. Like she has a very similar power set, it seems like, at least, you know, with the, you know, the, the hearing stuff and like being able to see stuff where like, yeah, like you want to root for that. And like, it, yeah. I don't know, it's just, it's just so much cooler. I mean, it's all of it's, a lot of it's been cool, but like, it's cool seeing like a person that you can probably meet, like, and their superpowers just like being like 15% better than most humans, you know, like yes. that's really what her superpower is. Great origin story. Like yeah. this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. It was what, like, uh, four scenes, maybe mm-hmm. five and a half minutes total. And you got it. Yeah. You got everything yeah. that drives her. Mm-hmm. You know what she can do yeah. and you know why she is absolutely enraged and furious. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the Maya show. 
let's talk about theory. So Saul, yeah. uh, our, one of our producers, Saul Rubin, uh, we were discussing uh, in the pre-pro like, oh, that's crazy. Like Clint during his killing spree killed Maya's dad. That was awful. And, and then uh, Saul brought up th- that in the comics, it's actually the kingpin that orders the uh, the murder of Maya's dad. Mm-hmm. And then he frames uh, Daredevil for it. What if he's doing something similar here? You know, mm-hmm. like a good way to get rid of people during the time that Ronan was active was like, you know, dress like Ronan and kill a bunch of people and just blame it on that guy. They're never going to catch yeah. him anyway. And if they do, you know, let's put those bodies on him. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that that is fantastic. And then you have, I don't know if it would be bullseye or whatever, yeah. but you have a ready-made person who has used a sword mm-hmm. in this story already in Jack Duquesne. Maybe it was Jack. Yeah. Now, the question, first of all, what do you think of that? It <laughs> kind of undercuts the fact that Clint knew that the Ronan hit the tracksuits previously. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah, that, 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 that does under, well, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it better cuts it, but also it's like, you know, this isn't the only faction of tracksuits, right? You're like, they're, they've probably got right, yeah. operations all over the city. Um, it, it does, like, just thinking like comic book lore wise, like, you know, the big bads so far, like Echo and the Swordsman, but like any true comic has to have, like, you gotta have like issue five or four is like when you see like who's really pulling the strings. It's Norman Osborn, it's the Kingpin, yeah. it's who, it's, it's Thanos, it's whoever. And like, I feel like the big, like, the big splash page reveal on episode, how many episodes are doing? Like six, maybe episode like six, episode five is like, oh shit, that's the Kingpin. He's like, maybe he's not like the Kingpin we're used to with like the Daredevil TV right, shows. He's a Kingpin on the come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. He's got like a nice warehouse. He's in like, you know, buying yeah. million dollar art pieces for his jailed yeah. French boo. But like, I, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's the move because also, like I said, like all this stuff has been so grounded. Like we know that Maya or Echo is getting like a spinoff show and like, it seems like Marvel is taking the direction of doing like the street level stuff. So like, I imagine we're going to see more of the world of like, all right, if this is the Kingpin, like all those other like Kingpin-esque characters who are like, they're Robin Banks or like they're you know, extorting neighborhoods. They're not like, yeah. you know, getting six infinity gauntlets to, or Jelly gems to like snap half the universe away. Uh, I love that. So if the Kingpin is framing Ronan, which feels like a very Kingpin thing to do, and if in mm-hmm. fact it is Jack, which maybe that's why it's Jack, the question then becomes this. So the, the, the they're not going to do a fake costume because they made such a big deal about yeah. Clint having to get back the costume. If there were a bunch of fake knockoff Ronan costumes out there, mm-hmm then it wouldn't work as a story piece, right? So there's got there's the one costume. Does that mean that <laughs> Duquesne and whoever broke into the Avengers compound, stole the suit, and then brought it back, and that's where it was in the rubble? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, how the watch, which is the thing, like, basically the thing they were trying to get, it mm-hmm. seemed like the tracksuits, how that plays into it. Is, yeah. like, did Jack break in? He stole the suit, then he brought it back, and while he's undressing, he, like, took his watch off to, like, whatever, <laughs> yeah, wash yeah. his hands, and then he, forgot, he just, like, left the watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes me – yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things where, like, they just have some, like, low upper state New York dude scavenged it and, like, got into, like, the black market somehow. I have no idea. I think – I don't know if you're the one that tweeted this, but, like, I think in, like, the, the auction, they also had, like, a dinosaur – a dinosaur skull they yeah. showed, and someone was like, oh, that's – this is uh, Savage Lands confirmed. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, one of those things where, like, they have a group of weird guys that have been picking up weird stuff all <laughs> over the world. Yeah, maybe you'll find a dinosaur skull. Also, we had this dude upstate that went through the aftermath of the the, the Avengers compound, and, like, they found a watch. <laughs> maybe there's a maybe there's a, an Iron Man suit 87 schematic in there. You don't know. Uh, pay a bunch of money. We'll see what happens with it. I do think that that's a Savage Land hit. That's too big. Like, they know what – whether it's Savage Land or not, I'll just say that the people who make these shows are very, very smart, okay? And they, and they know that when they put a dinosaur skull in there that you and I and everyone yeah. else are going to be like, oh, shit, Savage Land, You can, you can go to go. Google and see, like, the searches for devil dinosaurs spiking the day that it – Yeah, bring me, bring me, Um. I, let me throw another theory at you. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, also preface this by saying, listen, my theories are often wrong, mm-hmm. but I love doing it. <laughs> I, and I'm not, I'm not going to stop going in because I love doing it. <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, that's why we're here. I feel like this ends with Clint gets home. He's banged up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, he can't really fight that well. And they think it's over. Clint got home for Christmas. He's in a full body cast, but he made it. <laughs> And then we get the uh, Jason Voorhees coming out of the water Camp Crystal Lake moment mm-hmm. where you thought it was over, but no, it's not over because now the bad guys are here. They're yeah. going to attack him on the farm. Mm-hmm. 
that means Laura's got to suit up. She's got to put the uh, the Bobby Morse Mockingbird yeah. suit back yes. on. And then Maya Lopez, who we assume is switched sides by this time, has mm-hmm. got to help out. And, you know, maybe Yelena, who we know is going to be in this, mm-hmm. has got to help out. And now it's like a big fight on Clint's farm with Clint in a – you know, fully laid up, just like watching from the sidelines. <laughs> That's so, I completely forgot that they said that Yelena's going to be in this. Like, like yeah, yeah, I, the, the, <laughs> yeah, but yeah that, that, that sounds like a fun theory. Like, I feel like all, I mean, all these, I mean, the Marvel movies are notorious for the third act fight. Like that's, that's what people yeah. show up for, you know, like every comic book. Right. You want to have the, the double spread, the, Big the, one. the double page yeah, splash. Du- yeah. You need that double spread. Yeah. I, I could see like there's some type of assault on the farm just because like you want to see, yeah, like you want to get the cool shot of like both Hawkeyes shooting their thing or like yeah. you want to see yeah. Mockingbird and like Kate Bishop Hawkeye kicking some ass with, with Echo. Like I'd, I'd buy that 100%. I would love to see that. What's your What's your favorite double page spread? Oh, boy. That's, man, that's, that's a hard question. Uh, 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 I'll say this is, I think this is a double page spread. I can't remember correctly, but there's a, an amazing Spider-Man where it's like. A splash or a double page. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Right, I'll do the splash. It's one of my favorite okay. splashes. It's, uh, okay. it's, uh, it's Spider-Man like going tr- throughout the city. And, like one of the tropes or like yeah. one of the classic things of Spider-Man is like to show character's agility, they'll show like ghost images of him and it's him on like a high rise he jumps off a water tower like swoops yeah. around like a flagpole bounces off and like he comes out of the frame with that i'm just like those are like my absolute favorite types of of splashes and like that one has been burned into my my skull forever uh at that and, and there's one in like uh avengers um the one where they assault the base um i think siege i think it's what this, what it was called but like this one where like like um the wasp is just like sunbathing and like a helicopter appears and then like Captain America like does oh, yeah, like an acrobatic. He does a flip. Yeah, he does. He dives down and flips and does like a somersault. Yeah. And then like, like, bro, you could have yeah. just like the door was open. You could just walked in. But if you want to flex, that's you can not flex. How, yeah. That's not how Steve rolls. That, that is a, uh, yeah, that's the uh, Roger Stern siege storyline. Mm-hmm. Under siege. Under which siege, is, yes. like fantastic. Yeah. My favorite splash, I mean, it's got to be. Kitty Pride, uh, oh. Professor Xavier is a jerk, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is one of the great openings in comics history. <laughs> and then I think I love Hitch, Brian Hitch, mm. and his work in Ultimates, yeah, mm-hmm. one and two. Yeah, there's some. I mean, that stuff is like blow it up, put it on your wall, and just yeah. stare at it forever, yeah. like under the black light. Type yeah, shit. yeah. There's a couple splat double page spreads uh, in there, particularly uh, Ultimates two, where it's like. They're all in action fighting these crazy, like, oh, DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- uh, demons in yeah. DC. And the level of detail is like, it's just an ocean of demons. Mm-hmm. They're fighting them. And it, you look, and it's Quicksilver is zipping. Yes, yeah, yeah. Throughout the picture, like from the top to the bottom, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing different things every, every way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Hawkeye is shooting arrows. It's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. One of my favorites ever. Just like one of the things you can fall into. A little bit of a problematic comic. Listen, yeah, but it doesn't it's hold, great. It may not hold up 100%, but like that is definitely the comic that made me like, oh, I think I like Captain America. Like he's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Let's, let's do this. Listen, again, great episode. I can't wait for episode four. Any any theories that you have? Any predictions you want to make? Uh, you know, I I feel like we're really, I mean, this was like the big fun comic booky one. I think episode four is probably going to be a little bit more like expo. Like this is why things are happening. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get a fun set piece. I'm thinking like, that if you mentioned that Black Widow or Yolanda Black Widow is going to be in, I think we might get like the first tease of like, is Black Widow in it or is she like being directed by um mm. by by i guess this version of what the thunderbolts will be is there going to be a thunderbolts tease in this like i i hope i think it will get like a, a bigger uh a bigger world view like the the we'll get like a twenty thousand foot view of like the street level stuff um in episode uh, four obviously a lot of daredevil hints as well yeah I mean, whenever the kingpin is if you're thinking kingpin's got to be there his number one foil has always been daredevil mm-hmm. do we get i think we get some sort of like we see like a nelson and murdoch like <laughs> like ad or something oh, or yeah, a sticker yeah. or we maybe a mention of Matt Murdock as a lawyer. I don't, yeah. I don't think we see daredevil in this. I think maybe we get a mention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I was just going to say like, there's no way they'll, they'll, they would drop daredevil in like a TV show that I remember was like, they had Jonathan majors in Loki. Like <laughs> yeah, right. you had, never know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the rules are whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I feel the same as you. It feels like they wouldn't do it, but maybe they would. Yeah. Now, 
a lot of people are theorizing, oh, like a Daredevil, they'll bring him over in No Way Home, maybe from another dimension, mm-hmm. like the Netflix dimension. Yeah. That could be. And here's my my only note on why maybe that couldn't be the case is Matt, listen, a big part of his identity is he's a practicing lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, out there fighting in the courts for the little guy all the time. And I don't think his Earth 420 uh, <laughs> law degree <laughs> is going to work. It's going to work in this Earth. I may be wrong. I don't know how it works. If you get a law degree in another dimension, yeah, does, yeah, it, yeah. Does, it, does it transfer? Just like, uh, does your yeah. cell phone and your driver's license, all that stuff work? Your ATM card? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I don't a, know, but yeah. it, it feels like it wouldn't work. Yeah, that, that, if there's ever another Daredevil TV show, the first season would just be about getting around the hurdles of interdimensional, inter, intervert, interuniversal <laughs> yeah. law practices. Yeah, you're like on the phone with the IRS. It's like, <laughs> push four if you were recently brought over to this dimension from another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, awesome uh, Zig this is fun yeah man always a blast up next the omnibus What you want, what you gonna do when the Ronin comes and kills your dad? We're talking about crime, folks. With all the speculation about Uncle and about whether this character is, in fact, Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime in Marvel Comics fame and Daredevil on Netflix fame, it feels like the perfect time to do a kind of cursory overview of the worlds of organized crime within Marvel Comics canon. Now, quick note. A criminal or criminality in the context of the Marvel Universe with the comics and the MCU doesn't necessarily mean villain, right? In the real world, of course, legality and morality are often mutually exclusive, and we can point to any number of horrific things, slavery, for instance, uh, that were 100% legal, not illegal. That's in the real world. In the Marvel Universe, the only heroic use of power, right, because we're talking about a world in which both the supervillains and the superheroes have incredible powers, the only heroic use of power is the protection of the power. Legally speaking, superheroes break the law all the time. Like if we look at the MCU in Iron Man, uh, the movie Iron Man, Tony Stark invades a sovereign country or several, the airspace of maybe several sovereign countries uh, to carry it out an unsanctioned attack, probably a declaration of war if it was in the real world, using unlicensed advanced weaponry, uh, killing a bunch of people, yes, they're terrorists, um, to save the lives of the local townsfolk in Civil War. Captain America and his insurgents are actively thumbing their nose at the Sokovia Accords, which were agreed upon by, you know, many, many, many nations in the UN. Black Widow, of course, has never traveled without several forged passports. I don't think those are on the up and up. Peter Parker launched a drone strike on his fucking students, his fellow classmates, Vision and Scarlet, which were fugitives. Uh, Bruce Banner destroyed Harlem and an entire university building. Kate Bishop hacked into the cellular networks to locate Clint's phone and blew up a van. We could go on and on and on. In this context, right, superheroes are kind of like the post-war evolution of the bandit trope, the bandit character, the best example of which being Robin Hood, who stole from the rich and gave to the poor. And we'll dive deeper into that idea and that topic when we take a deeper look at Clint Barton himself later on in the series when doing so wouldn't spoil any potential reveals about learning about Clint's backstory within the MCU. So in the context of Marvel, what does criminal mean then? If even the heroes are constantly breaking the law and are In fact, you know, if you want to be technical about it, criminals, it means any person or group motivated by the pursuit of wealth and power, mostly wealth, though, for its own sake. Right. What separates Tony Stark from Obadiah State? Tony is uh, Tony wants to use his wealth to make suits of armor to defend and avenge. The powerless, while Obadiah Stane wants to make a bunch of suits to make a bunch of money, right? The Vulture had some pretty trenchant critiques of the MCU's version of capitalism, 
in Spider-Man Homecoming. And he was at one point, you know, just like a struggling small business owner, blue collar guy. But in the end, he had millions of dollars. He had a nice house. He had a nice car. He wanted to continue to do that. He wanted to send his daughter to a great school while having millions of dollars left over. Right. So let's start our quick overview of organized crime with the tracksuit mafia. Uh, they debu- they debuted in Matt Fraction and David Aya's character defining Hawkeye series. And they're essentially a very, very low level street gang who all wear tracksuits, of course, made up of Eastern European guys. And they engage in mainly street level stuff, you know, extortion, beating people up, slumlord activities, shakedowns and so on. Probably the first organized crime group in in the Marvel Universe was uh, the Magia, who are an Italian mob with various international rackets and it of course, a strong presence in the United States, particularly New York City. Um, they are a group who are were founded by cult members, cultists who worship the demon Satanish, who is a creation of uh, the dread Dormammu. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Uh, they are clearly the Magia based on the real-life Italian mafia. They have uh, a commission of bosses who manage uh, the direction of the organization. They prize and value pure Italian bloodlines, and they are involved in traditional real-life mafia activities, narcotics, sex trafficking, gambling, loan sharking, and so on. Their primary rival in Marvel Comics is the Fisk organization, the crime syndicate of the absolutely enormous, big, big, big boy, big daddy, diabolical guy, Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime. Kingpin is, in the comics, is just, like, he's not super-powered, but he is huge and really, really, really strong. Anyway, in the comics, Fisk, you know, rises from kind of obscure beginnings to, in a brutal fashion, subdue the various crime families that are operating in New York, forging them to get into, uh, you know, one highly centralized, ruthless organization, which spans both criminal and legitimate enterprises. Uh, So what does that mean? In In addition to stuff like, you know, arms dealing, human trafficking, narcotics gambling, et cetera, the Kingpin also runs his legitimate business arm called Fisk Industries, which does a bunch of legitimate stuff, including owning a 50% stake in the company Damage Control with Tony Stark. Tony Stark owns the other 50% of Damage Control. (laughs) Yes, that's right. In the comics, Tony willingly became a business partner of the kingpin of crime, Wilson Fisk. Tony, what the fuck are you doing? Now, Damage Control, who you may know, Damage Control is a company that basically goes in and does salvage and construction work after these big superhero battles take place. So the Chitauri attack New York City, Damage Control comes in and they clean everything up and they salvage all the Chitauri weaponry and they ship it off to ostensibly the government, but as we've seen, who really knows? And by the way, great racket for Tony Stark, who on the one hand is taking part as Iron Man in these battles causing some of this damage and on the other end of that is then profiting from the cleaning up of the mess that he helped make great shit from tony stark a true genius and a pioneer kingpin of course is the primary antagonist for many notable street level new york city based heroes including spider-man punisher luke cage and iron fist and in particular daredevil daredevil is his number one foil Another syndicate with connections in the comics to Daredevil and Maya Lopez is The Hand. The Hand is a quasi-religious cabal of ninjas with roots that go back centuries. Matt Murdock's college girlfriend, Electra, a Greek national who Matt met on campus, was once part of and then a target of The Hand, and that brings Matt into conflict with them. In writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist David Finch's new Avengers run, the Ronin is recommended by Daredevil uh, to Captain America, who then recommends Ronin to the new Avengers who are heading to Japan to do a mission. They're like, here, I've got somebody recommended to me by Matt Murdock. It's this shadowy person. I don't know who it is, but they call themselves Ronin dressed all in black and they're really good. They know about the hand. They know how to fight him. So Ronin goes over, helps them out. They fight the hand and Hydra. And then eventually that person unmasks and we discover that the Ronin is in fact Maya Lopez. 
Bam, bam, bam. And finally, speaking of criminal enterprises run by demons, there is the Roxxon Corporation, a too-big-to-fail energy conglomerate, and one of the largest corporations in the Marvel Universe. Roxxon began as your standard, you know, like, oil and natural gas business, but evil, but even more evil than like in real life. Roxxon provided some of the funds, some of the early funds that helped launch S.H.I.E.L.D. They have mined for energy sources on, you know, everywhere on Earth, strip mining as well. They're not just doing oil and natural gas. They're doing any kind of energy source, any kind of rare material, any kind of mineral all of that stuff they do, and so they have done that uh, also in the Savage Land where they strip mined for vibranium, among other things. They've done it on Mars. And under the leadership of uh, CEO Dario Agar, who is secretly the magical minotaur of legend, and in alliance with Malachith the Accursed, the big bad of Thor, Roxxon went on to exploit the natural resources of the various realms that Malekith would conquer. So Malekith's like, hey, I'm about to conquer the 10 realms. It's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, Dario Agar, if you want to get in on this, there's a bunch of like rare materials on there that I think would be really profitable. You can come to any of the various 10 realms after I conquer them and, and just like strip mine to your heart's content. And Dario goes like, yes. So that's criminality and organized crime in the Marvel Universe. Up next, the endgame. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You could not live with your turkey hangover. So where did that bring you? Back to us in the end game now. Today we are playing another round of Assembly Required in which Zig and I will pick a character or item from episodes two or three from Hawkeye for a randomly assigned mundane mission. Uh, Chris, what is the mission today? All right, so in honor of the sweet driving skills of Clint Barton this week, your guys' oh, mission man. is you have to <laughs> pick someone from these episodes to take you to LAX. Like, you know, so let's say east side to LAX, rush hour traffic, oh, your boy. flight's in an hour. Who are you picking to get you there on time? Holy oh, shit. Oh, boy. Uh, I think you went first last time, so I'll go first this time. Yeah, go. I'll tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to mm. be Enrique, because this guy's going to fucking bend my ear <laughs> off the whole time. I'm, I'm on my phone trying to, like, check into my flight, trying to, like, mm. text people last-minute stuff. <laughs> I don't need Enrique, like, giving me his whole life story and, and uh, all of that. I am going to go with, gosh, you know what? He's a criminal, okay? Mm-hmm. But Cassie seems like a real stand-up dude. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I understand that they're a front. Trust a bro is a front. But they got to drive those trucks. And that suggests to me that Cassie and the other tracksuit fellas are, you know, responsible, good drivers with like a class uh, B license, whatever you need to drive <laughs> one of those. So I'm going to go Cassie from the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> no. Who are you going to pick? I'm going to go with... Uh... 
Kingpin's meaty left hand. Uh, I think <laughs> if you you throw that thing out of a window and you you do this, the traffic is parting. You throw your hand up. You're getting you no know, taxi is not going to stop if you throw that big meaty paw up. So I think there's a real good answer. There's a real good way that I can make clear the lanes for myself and also hail a taxi if I need to. Oh yeah, Wilson Fisk. Cars just get out of the way <laughs> yeah. when he's coming through. That's it for the end game. Who do you think won, and who would you pick to take you to LAX? Hit hashtag XRV Endgame to give us your pick. Big thanks to the number one bro, Cody Ziegler, for joining us on X-Ray Vision. Cody, what do you have to plug? Where can people find you? You know what? If you uh, find me on social media, it's at Yay for Zig. Uh, if you love listening to nerdy podcasts like this one, check out the Dark Weed podcast. I host yeah. with my boy, Bertie Reed. We talk about almost the exact same thing, only we say the N-word way more because we're, 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 we both <laughs> have the cards and we can say it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you want to check out some, like, other, like, street-level comics, um, definitely check out Mark Wade's Daredevil run. Like, it's, yes. uh, it's really great. It's uh, sort of the same way that that Faction Aja have re- sort of reinvented the new Hawkeye. That's a great way that it reinvented the new Daredevil. Devil uh, and uh, Amazing Spider-Man 79 and 80, baby. They dropped Pick it up, baby! Yeah. Beyond! Uh, it's, it's really great. And what a fun arc that's been. Uh, thanks, man. If you want to learn more about what we explore in each episode, check out our listener's guide to all things X-Ray Vision in the show notes or on our website. Catch the next episode on December 10th. We're also thrilled to announce that X-Ray Vision has officially entered the late 20th century with our very own email address. It is x-ray at crooked.com. That's x-ray at crooked.com. Hit us up with questions for an upcoming mailbag that we're going to be doing. Uh, If you enjoyed our new Nerd Out segment on Star Trek last week and you want to share your own favorite nerd on the show, drop us an email about what your pitch might be. And we will be like, yeah, do it. Send us the thing. We'll send you instructions about how to do that. More detailed instructions can be found in the episode show notes. Again, the email is xray at crooked.com. That's xray at crooked.com. Just absolutely drown us in a tsunami of mail, like as if we were Vernon Dursley trying to keep you from getting your owl post letter. Folks, give us the five-star ratings on whatever platform you need to do such a thing. X-Ray Vision is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Chris Lord and Saul Rubin. It's executive produced by me, Jason Concepcion, and Sandy Gerard. Caroline Reston and Carlton Gillespie are our consulting producers, and our editing and sound design is by Vasilis Fotopoulos. Thank you to Brian Vasquez for our theme music. See you next time. First things first, I must say all the words in my head. That's my very one, Kate. You don't like that one? Believer. By the dragons, the imagined dragons, they're fantastic. You have to... No? Okay. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Napa.